0: To the gym podcast, uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Shall we begin?
1: Yeah, I'm Randy, ready when you, you are take
0: You, you take the lead. You, you do the intro this week. You have so much energy.
1: Um, I do have a lot of energy, but first, let's calm down because I want to have a moment of silence, real quick. All right, that moment of silence was for Ohio State, Clemson. Iowa State and North Carolina's football seasons—they're—they're uh, they're all dead in the water, and they all had playoff aspirations, if not championship aspirations. Rest in peace to all of them. Press F. Press F.
0: I—it's uh, um, Randy. It sounds like you uh, have some takes here that you want to share
1: regarding I just BC. Wanted to it. <laughs> so I have—I do. I have some general points I wanted to make. And some more specific points. I'm going to talk about North Carolina later, so I'll table them. But with Ohio State and Clemson, they people are going to say, oh, they lost one game. They can still make it. If, whether or not they can technically make it is not the issue. The issue is that they did not look like teams that are going to be able to make it. Or if they do make it, they're just going to lose. And I know these fan bases, they're not. they have higher aspirations than we made it to the first round. Yeah, for a lot of teams, they're happy to just make it, but not them. And I completely understand that. They should expect that. Uh, But they have opposite problems. For Clemson, their problem is their offense. For Ohio State, it's their defense. I think the team that has a better chance to pull it together is going to be Clemson. Um, But it's going to come down to DJ Uwe young I hope I'm saying that right. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I know Hawaiian quarterback names now. That's true. Tua, Tua got me ready. Uh, But here's the thing. His season stats, he has one touchdown, two interceptions, and 54% completion percentage. And that includes a game versus South Carolina State. Oh, no. I I would hope that versus South Carolina State, they would just let him sling it because he needs that practice. Here's the thing that I really noticed watching them versus Georgia is that it doesn't seem like their coaching staff does a good job of playing him into the game. They they treat him like, oh, you're you're a star, I sling it. But that's what causes that's what caused the only touchdown of the game to be a pick six off of him.
0: Right. I, I feel like they're like they're so used to Trevor Lawrence for all those years or just like or like Deshaun Watson, you know, they they went from like back to back like god tier college football quarterbacks, right? And like DJ's pretty good, but I feel like they're putting him in that same exact position. And and frankly, he's just not ready for that. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. And he doesn't have to be ready right now. They, they're coaching staff. They're championship coaching staff. They've won championships. They should understand this. That's, what's really baffling to me. Like when we have a quarterback that we don't trust to throw it downfield, you know what we don't do. <laughs> we don't throw it downfield. We would rather, we would rather risk it, risk getting beat because we can only do like bubble screens and run down the fields or something rather than have a quarterback. That's going to throw a pick six, a game losing pick six.
0: That's fair. But uh, Ohio- yeah, I was gonna say regarding Ohio State, I mean, I I'm not quite as convinced per set, perhaps that like they're totally done, but I do think it's definitely a down year for them.
1: My thing with Ohio State was when watching the Oregon game, if you remember, first of all, yes, Oregon was a team that I had in my uh, preseason top four, I think, mm-hmm. top four, top five and they were missing five defensive starters and this lowly Pac-12 team from that lowly Pac-12 conference <laughs> just straight up they manhandled them in the trenches.
0: Yeah. Which is surprising yeah. given like how well Ohio State recruits like specifically in the trenches, you know.
1: Exactly. And but the thing is Ohio State's defense has looked very suspect for two 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 weeks versus Minnesota and Oregon and I saw there was an article that I read where it was Ryan Day is actively shopping for a new defensive coordinator mid-season. Oh my. If that's true, that shows how bad it is. They just look out of place, they look out of sorts. Um yeah, it took a little bit of time for their quarterback CJ Stroud to really get into the season. Mm-hmm. But what's what's he got going he I don't he was not the reason they lost. No. Here's the thing. He looks just as good as like JT Barrett, he looks just as good as Dwayne Haskins. The problem is their defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, they gave up 31 to Minnesota, 35 to Oregon. I I don't know. Like, that's that's surprisingly high. And, like, it's, it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is. Like, if you're kind of, like, asking them to put up at least, like, mid-30s, you know, points every game, like, eventually you're going to lose one. Like, they lost to Oregon. So,
1: I, And that's I, what I noticed is that he threw... Okay, sorry. he He did throw, like, 57 passes versus Oregon. Yeah. And he still put up four touchdowns. So... It's three impressive. Touchdowns.
0: It's impressive numbers, but again, the defense just kinda like let them down. Like you, you have to play like out of your mind to to play, you know, to win a game like that when your defense is playing so poorly at home.
1: The thing is, I think given the circumstances, 35 or 54, 65% completion, 480 yards, three touchdowns to one interception, when you're down by 14 the whole fourth quarter and having to sling it, I think that's really good.
0: It is pretty good, yeah. The thing about Ohio State, um, like, I, I agree they're having a down year. They're obviously not as good as last season. Um, but, like, looking at their schedule, like, from now on, like, the, the for the rest of the season, their hardest opponents are pretty, like, like back-scheduled. Like, they play Tulsa up next, then, uh, then they play, like, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana. So they've got, like, a handful of pretty easy uh, Big Ten and out-of-conference opponents to hopefully, like, tune up their defense uh, before finally playing Penn State and Michigan State in the second half of the season. And I, I don't know, like, I, I want them to lose so badly. I'm so tired of Ohio State winning the Big Ten every single year. But I, I also feel like I almost can't count them out in a weird way. <laughs> oh, no,
1: definitely don't count them because <laughs> they're
0: Ohio State. I don't know. They always, they find a way. They're like this evil empire. They can pull it you know? together.
1: They have the talent and they have the resources to just pull it together.
0: Right. And it's better to, like, lose a game like this early in the season, um, you know, to wake you up than it is maybe, you know, week seven or eight. So I, I don't know, like they definitely don't look as good as previous seasons. But still, I think like a down year Ohio State's still probably good enough to like compete in the Big Ten and, and possibly win the Big Ten.
1: I don't want to get your hopes up too much <laughs> down, down here, Ohio State in the conference championship game. Who's the other team in the other division that usually wins it?
0: Are you, you saying Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, I'm saying Wisconsin. Dude,
0: we're we're not that Ohio State. We're not that good this year. Uh, I'm telling you, this is not a good year for them. I'm sorry,
1: but y'all are always one win away, and I know that's depressing. But it seems like the the year you would have a chance from what we can see, the year you would have the chance versus a down year Ohio State. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: No, it that's that's totally on brand for Wisconsin.
1: To keep it on Ohio State though, I would like to point out one game I have circled is the week six, week, week week six, week seven game versus Maryland. I think that'll be very interesting. Really,
0: I think that's going to coming out. Oh man! Really,
1: Maryland looks improved, and I'm a I'm a big Talia fan. I
0: mean, obvious
1: no, reasons. No
0: offense to our turtle friends watching this show. We, you know, Maryland is a friend of the show, but uh, I just I don't know. I'm I'm happy for Maryland starting out two and zero, but they have a lot yet to prove.
1: They do usually start out hot and then just kind of fall apart. Yeah, and. Um,
0: I don't know. Just looking at their schedule, man. They play Iowa, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. That's that's brutal. So.
1: Oh, so fun fact about our, our Maryland friend. I remember we were talking to him earlier, and he said that he spent $25 to have the chance to buy national championship game tickets, I playoff that. tickets. Yeah, and he said, hey, we usually start out hot. If we win a few games, then I can sell that $25 thing that I got on my placeholder. But I'm like... I'm no offense, but who's gonna buy that? I mean, maybe somebody with dumb BMB money. If they
0: can, like, because they're probably gonna start out four and zero. Up the up next, they have at Illinois, and then Kent State. Those are two pretty easy wins. Uh, then they play number five Iowa. If they can pull off the upset against Iowa, they'll be undefeated, five and zero, with like a top ten win. They they just might like shoot up to the top ten themselves. And then I could see like this hype, you know, building up, and maybe the ticket's worth some money. <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe that's very true. It's very true. And one more team we're going to touch on real quick is Iowa State. Everybody knows how we've been talking about them. I don't want to dunk on them too hard. Everybody knows how we feel. I actually I don't want to say if I gained a little bit of respect for them in a weird way. I they lost twenty seven to seventeen to what we have been calling a really good Iowa team. True. Probably maybe the best team in the Big Ten at this point. I would probably actually are the best team They're in the, the highest ranked right now.
0: team of the Big 10 now number 5 i believe
1: yeah. yeah and they lost 27-17 they what killed them was turnovers they had i think a pick six it was either a pick it was either a pick six or a fumble six mm-hmm. brock Purdy was like he had three interceptions i don't even think he, he didn't have a touchdown he still hasn't thrown a touchdown this year
0: wow i mean yeah it's yeah. Pretty hard to win with that I, many turnovers
1: he is he's a very overrated quarterback Like, it's weird because I'm looking at a team like Iowa State and it's their quarterback play is what's holding them back. And it's usually the opposite for a team like that because they don't have a really high talent composite. It's like in the 30s. So it's not very good, but they play well above that talent composite with a pretty overrated quarterback that straight up can't throw touchdowns. (laughs) And actively sabotages them. That's crazy to me. So that's why I've gained a weird amount of respect for them, because I feel like if they were able to get somebody in there that's a little more consistent. Sure. Maybe they could do something.
0: That's fair. You know who else has zero touchdowns this season?
1: Who? Don't tell me. (laughs) I'm just going
0: to say it. Graham Mertz.
1: (laughs) Mertz. Uh,
0: I knew you were going to say that. It's true. It's true. I know a thing or two about having a bad quarterback. Um. Oh, yeah. he, was
1: just, great. he looked great at the start of the last season. I don't know. I know. What he
0: looked great, but I just.
1: Uh... It is what it is. You're asking him to do too much. I really I think that's part of it. You just got to run the ball, run it down their throat. And oh. I think the coaching stuff got a little too confident. That's
0: what that. they are doing, man. I mean, so I, I wasn't able to watch the Iowa State game, unfortunately. Um, I was at the Wisconsin game last week. It was nice to actually have a win there, like a, a pretty comfortable win. Um, I'll say this because obviously, you know, I was I was very doomer about that game. I, I predicted us losing by yeah, like you seven points or something. Um, it, it turned out Eastern Michigan didn't get a first down until like the second quarter, and that was their only first down up until like, like a garbage drive in the fourth quarter with like three minutes left. Our defense is like top tier, like top five probably in the nation. Our offense is unbelievably bad. It's all summing up. So make of that what you will. Unbelievably bad. Unbelievably bad. Our first drive, dude. We busted out like a seventy-yard run to the red zone. We we got down to like the five. I'm like, okay, easy touchdown. Up seven-zero with like one minute in the game, and uh, we we went four and out. It was fourth and one at the goal line. Couldn't get it. They shut us out. We got shut up by Eastern Michigan at the goal line. It was oh my, that's,
1: that's a little embarrassing. That's what
0: I'm saying, dude. That's 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 Wisconsin football in a nutshell. So. I just don't know, dude. But it was nice to win. It was nice to win and to be there. You know, obviously you were at a game last week. Uh, another I was at the Mercer game. Yeah. What was that?
1: It was actually really fun. Uh, so going to experiencing our first college football atmosphere since the uh, since the before times.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, it was really fun. Despite it being a Mercer game, it was almost treated by like the fans and the students as a uh, as a conference game like they were very people were really hyped for it yeah. and for nothing else just to see their friends and family and tailgate and all that
0: yeah i'll say with ours too like the eastern michigan crowd was like the whole stadium was pretty much packed like people are there early tailgating and whatnot which is just shocking given that like you know these are bad teams we're playing but yeah people are like so desperate to go back to normal kind of and just like experience these things that we kind of took for granted all these years that. I was
1: so I was actually with some college students with my with my wife and my sister in law, and they were straight up taking shots and getting imp for this game. I was <laughs> like, okay. They, they busted out the tequila and the lime and the salt.
0: Oh man, freaking mercy! The student
1: is always fun. <laughs> it
0: is. It is.
1: All right. So do you have a do you have some picks for this week?
0: So yeah, I normally I have like five or six picks, but I've I've decided this week to kind of hone in on three. Uh, games in particular and kind of go maybe a little bit more in depth on them you know now that we kind of have more context for this season and kind of know where things are going and and whatnot Um, so my first game should come as no surprise people i am really really looking forward to nebraska at number three oklahoma on saturday morning really
1: Um, i'm surprised you don't i'm surprised that's not a foregone conclusion for you
0: well it is a foregone conclusion um, and it's, this is one of those games that I think is going to be actually really, really important in, in hindsight because uh, this is the game that gets Scott Frost fired. I think uh, we're going to experience the beatdown of the year. It's going to be a bloodbath from start to finish. Uh, let, me, let me tell you why, okay? Oklahoma, despite being number three in the nation, I get the vibe from their fan base that they feel perhaps a little bit disrespected. You know, they got a slow start against Tulane. They played a nobody in Week 2. They haven't really played anyone good yet, per se. And beyond that, Spencer Rattler, despite going into the season as kind of like a Heisman, you know, favorite, more or less, he really hasn't made much of a splash this year. He's not making headlines or highlight reels. I think this is the game where Spencer Rattler comes out of a shell. They they, they drop so many points. They're up by, like, 42 and a half. It's, it's just going to be a complete blowout. And... The shot and fraud, however you pronounce that, is going to be off the charts. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, he definitely hasn't quite lived up to the hype of what you are to the standard of a uh, Oklahoma quarterback. Right. But I, I think he'll get it together. I still have faith in him. I mean, Lincoln Riley's offensive work speaks for itself.
0: I'd say so. Do you, do you have any like do you have any idea if like Nebraska can even keep this close?
1: I don't think they can. I think their offense is just too bad. As soon as Oklahoma scores one one touchdown, it's over.
0: <laughs> They'll be playing from behind the whole game, yeah.
1: Yeah, and as soon as you get behind versus a team like Oklahoma, Oklahoma, they're, they're very good at, uh, it feels weird to say this, but they're good at smelling blood in the water around the second, third quarter and just hitting it.
0: Yeah. Like, once and they find that, that but, weakness, they just abuse it and just go for it. You know what I mean?
1: Because that's what, okay. So, I know the two lane game was technically only a five point win, but I would like to point out that it was tied uh, 14 to 14 at the end of the first quarter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At the end of the second quarter, it was 37 14. Right. What happened was they just they figured it was a group of five team coming off of a hurricane. They just let their foot off the gas. Right. That's all that was. I don't put too much stock into. That because Tulane did get two pretty late touchdowns to make it look a lot closer yeah. than it was,
0: and, and that was a pretty inspired Tulane, I feel you know what I mean. With they Nebraska, were, you know, I was not. impressed like, how they looked. I think that they had way more to do with hang. Tulane than Oklahoma. Um, okay, but one more yeah, thing regarding this game <laughs> I think you know, I think Nebraska honestly is probably the worst team in the Big Ten that lost to Illinois. Keeps looking worse and worse. I mean Illinois lost to UTSA and Virginia. They got blown out by Virginia. Um Nebraska had wins against Fordham, but Fordham is like a bottom tier FCS team. And Buffalo is okay, but it was an eleven point game heading into the fourth quarter. It was like actually kind of close against Buffalo. So I, I just I don't see how Scott Frost survives this season. And and again, if this game is bad enough, he might get tarmacked. Which would be pretty cool to see.
1: I think he's also—I think, personally, he's just given up, and I think the team has given up on him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's off the door this season. Would you agree? Like, I, I can't fathom him staying percent.
1: This. Uh, I mean, we've seen weirder things happen, barring, like, some weird, historic upset versus Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, he's gone. And even then, that won't save him. If you remember—what's uh, his name? Muschamp got fired at South Carolina yeah. despite beating Georgia. Yeah. But they went 4-8. and eight. He got he got canned. I, I could see even that happening, even if he does win this game. He's <laughs> not, but he's not going to win the game.
0: It's just abandon all hope at this point. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how you fix Nebraska. Because if Scott Frost can't do it, I don't know who can. Oh, uh,
1: it's They're going to have to lower their ego and just accept that they're not who they used to be.
0: That's sad. Yeah.
1: All right, my next game is going to be an obvious one for me to pick: Alabama versus Florida. (laughs) Everybody, okay, everybody that I have talked to has said, "Oh, it's not even going to be close. You're just gonna you're gonna beat the crap out of them." Yada yada. That's not even going to be a game. I want to point out that we are we are a little nervous about this game. For obviously, obviously, we only beat them by five points in the SEC championship game last year. Um. Also, versus Mercer last week, what I noticed was we were pretty sloppy, especially on offense. And that's something that is going to make me nervous to see how sloppy we played. And it's not even that we played sloppy. There was a clear lack of leadership from the veterans. We didn't have any leaders really step up and be vocal. It was like the team couldn't find somebody to rally around like a a good strong personal personality to rally around. They were rallying around Saban, and Saban as a coach hates when the players do that. He wants to see he wants to see on the field leaders. And right now, we we're not really seeing that. I mean it could be really what it should be is it should be somebody like Henry Toto, But you have to remember he's a graduate transfer so he hasn't been as ingratiated with the program despite being a senior, junior senior and being probably our best defensive player. So And Bryce Young, this is his first year starting. He's just now getting his starting role. So despite having a pretty veteran team, we don't have veterans that can lead the way Saban is looking for, and that can get us into trouble. Um, And with Florida, sure, they look relatively untested, but I think with a lot of these games, with a lot of the data points that we look at from early in the season, even though these teams that we kind of look at, we can say they're untested because they played crappy group of five teams or FCS teams, you can still look at the context of the game, even though we're only two games in. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is versus FAU in South Florida, what happened was they put them out quick and then left their foot off the gas. It showed that they came in ready to play. They looked competent. And then the only reason the games weren't 59 to zero was because they let their foot off the gas.
0: Oh, Randy, I'm going to have to disagree with you on all of this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One more point. Oh, hold on, well, hold on. I, 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 hold on. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> okay. With that being said, you remember how we have the wizard bets in CFB Maine, where you bet the line and you have to beat the line by seven. My wizard bet was Alabama beating the spread by seven. So <laughs> I know that contradicts everything I just said. <laughs> Oh, but so the wizard bet for me is minus 20 and a half.
0: Holy yep, hell. So we have
1: to win by 21. If we win by 21, I get wizard, wizard roll for the week.
0: Wow. That's, that's funny. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I, I had this as one of my three games I wanted to touch base on this week. So I took a lot of notes on this. And um, oddly enough, I think I agree with you. I think Bam's going to win, but I think they're going to buy a lot more. Um, here's how I look at it. Florida really isn't the Florida we knew last year. I know you were concerned about the SEC championship game and how how close that was, but, you know, consider the following. Last year, Florida had Kyle Pitts, probably one of the best tight ends of our generation. They, hi- they had a guy like Kyle Trask, who, while I wasn't the biggest Trask fan, one thing I will give him credit for is he didn't make a lot of mistakes. He had no turnovers in that game, no interceptions, no fumbles. Contrast that with their current quarterback, Emery Jones, He's had two interceptions against both USF and FAU, okay, and Bama is the kind of team that loves to feast on these turnovers and mistakes, you know what I mean? Like, every time it seems like a team fumbles the ball, Bama's taking it to the house. And so if Florida's making these kinds of mistakes against teams like USF and FAU, clearly inferior opponents, I don't know how the hell they perform against Alabama, like, by far the best team in the nation. Um, I, I think Florida's good, but like, man, Bama with as many, you know, like you said, maybe leadership flaws they might have this year. I just, I don't think they have remotely a chance, not even remotely. I, I would agree with you. 20 plus points sounds completely reasonable for this game. I don't think it'll be close.
1: Oh, you certainly made me feel better.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's Bama, dude. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you still won like what? 48 to 14 against Mercer.
1: Like, I
0: like the idea that like 40 to 14 isn't good enough for the Bama <laughs> fans and they're concerned about their season. But this plays into
1: the point that I just made, which was we don't we don't I don't like to look at just the final score. I like to look at the context of the game and how things played out. Um,
0: now, wasn't the that game, Well, wasn't that also a game where like you guys put up your 48 points and just kind of like stopped? Like you put in your second string and then... oh,
1: what happened was sort of. What happened was uh, it took us a while to get going. I don't even think we scored our first touchdown until like midway through or late in the first quarter because we just straight up we <laughs> yeah, had lost drives. Still spoiled. <laughs> I know, but it's Mercer. Come on. I
0: know. I know. Okay, but
1: no. But the what happened was we had we had plays where we should have easily scored. But just little weird miscommunication things that absolutely should not happen, that you just don't expect a, a team like Bama, if we're well coached, should not make little mistakes. And it was like, okay, we should have really had 28 points in the first quarter instead of whatever we had. Mm-hmm. We should have put them away a lot sooner and 48 points. We really, we played Paul Tyson, but we actually didn't put him in until mm-hmm. relatively late. Mm-hmm. Later than we usually do. Usually, you do about mid third quarter. I think it was about the fourth quarter. I could be wrong that we were starting to put him in. Oh
0: man, I don't know, um, man. To be fair, this this had like blow. It off, didn't look nearly as
1: comfortable as a win as we've it's, seen. I
0: don't even. I don't blame Bama for like looking ahead to Florida in this case because it was a guaranteed win. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. we we'll, we'll definitely get a good feel for how good Bama is this year. Like we know Bama's good. We'll know just how good they are, I think, after the Florida game. Like, depending on how much they beat them. Because I think losing is not even in the realm of possibility. You know what I mean? At least not Florida. I think the only SEC team that can beat Bama is Georgia. And they don't play them in the regular season. So it's they're going to have to wait until the SEC championship game for that. So it's really just a matter of how much do they win by. If they win by 7, that's concerning. If they win by, like, 20, eh. Well, I don't
1: even think how much we win by is... That's what, I, that's what I'm trying to say, though. How much we win by does not concern me. Yeah. What concerns me is why we win by that much.
0: I guess. I don't know. I Man, this is like the Bama mindset, I guess. You guys are just so, like... he's
1: Hey, he's processed the whole fan base.
0: Perfectionist, I guess. You know what I mean? You are yeah. processed. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, All man.
1: right, what's your next game?
0: Randy, the game I wanted to talk about, the game that I am most interested in this week... Is number twenty-two Auburn at number ten Penn State. We're of course talking about the whiteout. Now here's the thing: a week ago, hell, maybe four days ago, if my memory serves correctly, I would have picked Penn State to win this with with you know pretty good confidence. I think Penn State's a really good team. I think they deserve to be top ten. I think Auburn's good, but they're not they're not quite as good as Penn State this year. Um, and you know, Penn State it's at home. It's the whiteout. You know they're. They have a lot of momentum this year. Ohio State lost, so it looks like the Big Ten's kind of wide open, right? This looks like it's Penn State's year. But here's the thing. I firmly believe that James Franklin is gone. He's gone. I do, too. He's gone to USC.
1: I believe it, too. He's
0: got one foot out the door. I know it. You know it. Listen, the players know it. The fans know it. The assistant coaches know have it. Have you seen Albert what the knows players it. have been
1: saying? Yeah. He's, uh, real quick, the players, the quarterback straight up said they had a team meeting about it oh. with James Franklin. And coming out of the meeting, he said something to the effect of, well, it's just something I can't worry about yep. and we have to focus one week at a time. Oh. You don't say that if, you coach, if your coach says he's staying. You don't say that. That's yeah. not what you're coming no, out saying. saying. So,
0: and I think, and here's the thing, I think because of that, Penn State's going to be so deflated, you know? It's like this, it's so bittersweet. Like, you have the biggest game of the year, but then three days before it, (laughs) you find out your coach is gone. I just, I like, I'm sure James Flinkin will try to win. I'm sure they'll try, but, like, I can't imagine, like, if you're you're on, you know, Penn State, like, I don't know how the players can, can continue to be motivated. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how you don't feel betrayed and upset and lost and confused. Like, there's so much background noise and just, like, other things to worry about that. How can you focus on the game? You know, and Auburn's going to see this man yes. and they're going to, just going to eat up on it. Like they're going to come in like, hell yeah, we're going to beat you down. And your coach is going away the following day. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be, it's I, I just, I feel bad for Penn state because they had a really good thing going this season. I really believe that. I really believe they might have won the big 10 had USC not fired Clay Halton, <laughs> at least not fired up this early in the season, you know? Oh
1: yeah. I agree. Um, my thing with James Franklin is he doesn't strike me as the type of coach to to purposefully quit on this team. I think he wants to see the season through, but I just the players they're not gonna be motivated to win.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just it's the elephant in the room. Um they're not gonna be motivated to win. And I think he would be if he's gonna leave, I think he's better off the team is better off for him to just get out the way and really? let somebody else come in. Yeah, let somebody let let an assistant like the OC or DC come in, or the assistant head coach come in, take over the team, and say, hey, screw James Franklin. He doesn't think you're good enough. Let's prove him wrong. I oh. think that would be the best thing for the team. If he's if he's gone, I think him staying the whole season would be a detriment to them. I guess. My thing with, my thing with Auburn is Bo Nix has actually looked greatly improved this yes, season.
0: man. They've been putting up points.
1: Okay, so again, we I keep bringing up that – These are throwaway games, and that they haven't, he hasn't really been tested. But it's a different level of comfort that we've seen from him versus other games of this nature from his first two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, He just looks, he looks fluid. He looks like he's confident. He looks like he knows where he wants to go with the ball. He looks like he knows what he's going to do rather than just snapping the ball and seeing what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, he's definitely improved this year. I mean, looking at his numbers here, like he's putting up. It's like a TD, like three, three TDs, 275 yards against Akron. And I know it's Akron, but it's like, I don't know, man. Like you look at Auburn putting up 60 plus points a game. Like they're clearly going to have a pretty good offense, right? And the Penn State, like honestly, their defense uh, isn't that great. Like they, they, they've only held us to 10 points, but we have like the worst offense in the Big Ten. So I just, I don't think uh, Penn State's going to be able to like keep up with them necessarily. I think Auburn's just going to, I want to say score on demand, but I don't think they're going to have too much trouble scoring, if that makes any sense. Like, if Auburn falls behind, it's not too big of a deal. Bo Nix just chuck it deep, you know? I, I just, uh, I don't know how Penn State can win this. With Given the news, given everything, I just don't know, man.
1: I don't see them winning it either. I, I, and I think the big reason is they're just going to be deflated. And it's very unfortunate. Because with Ohio State having a down year, with Michigan just always being a step above mediocre, yeah. They this was their division, and their this is this was their year, right? They everything was lining up perfectly, but I guess James Franklin doesn't want to make the CFP with them. That's weird.
0: Weird time. Whatever. Well, well, yeah well. timing. His loss.
1: <laughs> All right. So I have a. I'm gonna lump. Three games into one, and you're gonna see what I mean by this. Okay. Uh, there are th- there are three group of five versus power five matchups that I think are very interesting because of the uh, the the level of where these programs are at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think the gap between group of five and power five teams has slowly been closing. Certainly at the top of the group of five versus the middle of the power five 100% to the agree. point where. Yeah, to the point where where, a top group of five teams could probably compete and be competitive in some Power Five conferences. Uh, I think they might struggle over the course of the season just with general depth. But they can absolutely compete, especially in one-off games. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember, Cincinnati was a field goal away from beating Georgia in their, in their bowl game. I know, me. meme year, me. meme year, meme year, whatever. But anyway, the three games are... Cincinnati versus Indiana, uh, Tulane versus Ole Miss, and Louisville versus UCF. I'm not going to talk too much about Louisville versus UCF. I think UCF is just going to win. It's a foregone conclusion. (laughs) Obviously, I could be wrong. I just don't think there's a whole lot to say. Louisville hasn't looked very good. They got they got beat down pretty bad by Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Cincinnati versus Indiana is more interesting than people give it credit for. It's deceptively interesting. Yeah, because so Indiana, they were one of the teams we called overrated at the beginning of the season, and two, and I definitely still think they were. However, what I, from what I was able to tell, Indiana, they literally only have one starter on their whole team that isn't a junior or senior. They have a their team is full of veterans. And they played decently well last year, again, COVID year. Mm -hmm. On their defense alone, they only have one starter that is not a senior, and it's a junior. Wow. So they have a very veteran team. And Cincinnati, I mean, they're certainly not young. They're actually a pretty veteran team, too. But when you look at the talent composite, um, let let me show you. Indiana is 38th in talent composite. Cincinnati is 53rd that's 15 plus. that's pretty significant so I'll be interested to see if Cincinnati who is they're still a group of 5 team but they're going to be a power 5 team in a couple years not Mm -hmm. that they're joining the Big 12 I will be interested to see how they stack up versus a team with a higher talent composite more depth and more veteran starters that is a current power 5 team that did have a decent year last year and still looks to be okay
0: I, I completely agree. I had this as one of my honorable mentions uh, heading into this week. I'm looking forward to this one because, yeah, I mean, like, Indiana, like, they were, like, what, 19th? ranked to 19th in the preseason poll? Um, yeah, something like that. And now people are just, like, you know, just blowing this one off. Like, yeah oh, it's, it's Indiana. They suck. Oh, we're not going to watch this. But it's like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like the gap between Indiana and Cincy, again, at least in terms of talent, isn't that big. Uh, coaching, maybe. I, I agree. Cincy's coach is obviously quite good, but... I think it'll be close. I think since he probably wins, but it might be a little bit closer than uh, people are giving it credit for.
1: And it's going to be, I, I'm really actually really interested in the quarterback matchup. It's going to be Desmond Ritter. who This is his fourth year starting. He's six touchdowns, one interception on the year so far. 72% completion. That's really good. That is good. Um, versus Phoenix. Very. <laughs> I had a laugh. I, I know. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Phoenix. Did he really have to pronounce it? Phoenix. Could he not have like done like I don't know? Is it, is it Penix?
0: Penix? I actually don't even know. I don't even know.
1: Either way, Penix. He's he's more of a dual threat. I'm pretty sure. Yes, he um, yeah. He's he's a like kind of a power dual threat. He's not like a super fast quarterback, but he can lower his shoulder. Either way, he's two touchdowns, three interceptions, fifty three percent completion. Not so good. Not as good. No. But he's also I think this is his third year starting. Um, but. It'll be a very interesting quarterback matchup. I think they're both going to be trying to take command of the game. So whichever quarterback can do a better job of commanding the flow of the game is, I think, the team that's going to win.
0: That's a good way to put it. I like that.
1: And do you have any more games? Because I do have a couple more. Oh, hold on. I'm i sorry. I meant to also touch on Tulane Ole Miss as part of this overarching group of five versus power five point. Sure. Uh, With Tulane... Um, we saw how inspired they look versus Oklahoma. I will be interested to see if they can carry that over right uh, more into the season. They played an FCS team last week and won 69-20. Uh, to 20. Nice. Very interesting score. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, that should be good. And I, I just like watching Ole Miss. I like Lane Kiffin. I, th- I feel. I like... do like
1: Lane Kiffin, too.
0: <laughs> I have to tune into this just because I like Ole Miss, like the state of Ole Miss right now. They're one of the most enjoyable SEC teams to watch. <laughs> they're fun to watch. They have really
1: good receivers. And yeah. their quarterback, I think, is pretty decent. Uh, Corral, is, he's been playing well. 662 yards, six touchdowns on the season, no interceptions. That's really good. That's really good. It's classic um, Lane Kiffin beat... offense. Oh, yeah. They beat Louisville by three touchdowns. Yeah. Just a high-score uh, offense. They're... I think their receivers their receivers are really good. They could definitely go toe-to-toe with Alabama's receivers just as far as how good they are, talent and everything.
0: Wow.
1: So I'll be interested just to see the game. I think Ole Miss wins. Yeah. But we'll see what Tulane – I mean, it's easy to say Tulane was within five points of Oklahoma. That's easy to say. But remember the point that I made earlier that they got two of those touchdowns. At least one of them was more on garbage time. Yeah. While the other was just in the fourth quarter after Oklahoma have let off the gas after being up by 20-something points.
0: Tulane's got fighting them. Uh, Speaking of fight, this is not a good transition, but uh, one honorable mention I wanted to give a shout-out to. Uh, We got Purdue at number 12 Notre Dame. Uh, This is a shout-out to all the Notre Dame fans watching this, because I know there are some. Uh, I've actually joined a Notre Dame Discord server. Uh, I I joined BK's private server. Uh, just to kind of get a feel for Notre Dame fans, how they're feeling about this season, and I gotta say, I there's a lot of doomerism going on really? um, in South Bend right now. Yeah, they, I, I I get it. Like Florida State, not good. It's not a good team. That was a that was a bad win, and then they you know followed it up with another bad win last week um, against Toledo. The thing is, okay, Notre Dame, I think is a really good team. I think this team actually low key is still kind of in playoff contention, uh, just because of their strength of schedule. I think they can afford to lose a game and still probably go you know eleven to one and sneak into the playoffs. And I think all that Notre Dame really needs is like a tune up, if that makes any sense. They just need to clean it up. You know what I mean? Just just kind of get a rhythm on offense. Uh, you know, kind of hone in on their defense. And Purdue is the perfect game to do that. Purdue is not good, ladies and gentlemen. Do is not a good team, so I think Notre Dame gets a pretty easy win. They get a little bit of confidence finally in the program, and uh, hopefully not too much confidence because they do place. They do face Wisconsin the following week, uh, but I think this is going to be a, a pretty solid win for Notre Dame. That kind of gets them back on their feet, back in that conversation maybe for uh, the playoffs.
1: I think with Notre Dame, I'm surprised they're doomer doomering right now because they've always been a program that plays down to the level of competition. <laughs> <laughs> they all they do this every year, right? Um, and Brian Kelly, he's been there a while. He's he's got them rolling. So yeah, well, I, I think I don't think they'll have real trouble with Purdue. Maybe a situation that may only win by two scores, but I don't think the game's ever going to actually be in doubt. Yeah, I think that they're just going to control it. Notre Dame weirdly plays like a Big Ten team sometimes. That's what they kind of remind me of. They just are man. how they, they are. They, they, the way they try to control games.
0: Right. And one for, game.
1: I'll oh, go ahead. Uh, one can't. last
0: statistic I just wanted to throw out there as a Wisconsin fan. Notre Dame is like Wisconsin, but like better, like better recruits, kind of like a very run heavy team, pro style quarterback, right? And Wisconsin has beat Purdue, I believe, fourteen years in a row. I'm not going on wood here. So I, I'm just saying, if if Notre Dame is built like Wisconsin, that formula beats Purdue every time. So should be fun.
1: All right, I'll have two more, actually, group of five versus power five. A G5, matchups. man.
0: Holy cow.
1: I'm, I'm all about the G5 this week, really, because there's a lot. There's been a lot of good G5 versus power five matchups this season, and there's a lot this week. And I wanted to lump these two in together by themselves because it's two West Coast games. I wanted to make sure we uh, fairly cover the Pac-12. Of I course. don't want to have East Coast bias, of, of course. course. Of course. It's Arizona State versus BYU and Fresno State versus UCLA. Arizona State and BYU is a very interesting game. Arizona State obviously has Jaden Daniels still. Uh, he's 30 of 41 on the season, 307 yards. That's a pretty good stat line. Two touchdowns, one interception. Um, BYU's quarterback is 36 of 58, 350 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Wow. I will, yeah, he's weirdly looked really good despite... Their their offense not looking so hot at times, like it stalls. It'll stall sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's interesting because their two wins, they're two and zero. But their two wins are versus two other Pac twelve teams: Arizona, is pretty bad, and Utah. And Utah is a pretty decent, stable Pac twelve program. They have a stable coaching staff. They don't have a whole lot of turnover. And so just the fact that they were able to win these games by multiple scores, mm-hmm. even if they're not the best of the Pac-12, it still, it says something.
0: Well, because I would put Utah about the same level of Arizona State. Obviously, they were ranked pretty evenly um, heading into uh, last week. So I, I definitely could see them giving Arizona State a run for the money. I like ASU. I think they're pretty improved. But BYU also is pretty improved. So that should be a fun one. That's a ranked matchup that no one's talking about. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, also, BYU, they're still, well, they, they're, they've always been like half group of five, half power five with their independent schedule. But uh, for all intents and purposes, they're still group of five. Mm-hmm. But they're another one of those teams that just accepted the Big 12 invite. That's true. So. I feel like all, years, these, power five.
0: all these Big Twelve teams, man, it's like this weird quasi. Are they G five now? Or are they are they still G five or are they P five? Hey, hey, you they're know? showing
1: out too. The B, the Big Twelve. Are they even going to take a step down? Maybe they're by subtraction by getting rid of Oklahoma, Texas. Maybe,
0: yeah, less competition nah. at
1: the top. <laughs> Weirdly, <Well>, <laughs> really, yeah.
0: Honestly, though, because it feels like the Big Twelve is going to be kind of wide open for the foreseeable future. You know, it could be the Big
1: Twelve. That's the thing is, if you're a Big Twelve team, no matter what your name is, and you win out, you're probably going to the playoff.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I think the Big Twelve kind of saved itself, really, with these additions because these are four pretty solid programs that they're adding. So, I, I'm I think
1: Oklahoma a State. I think teams like programs like Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Texas Tech, mm-hmm. they're probably looking at this TCU. Even is probably looking at this like, oh hey, we have that's four good additions. We're a bigger conference. All we have to do is win, and yeah. we'll get just as much respect as a program for being in this conference as we did before.
0: And I, I think that's true, man. Like I really do think eventually it'll just even out, and we'll get to a point where like, you know, Cincinnati and BYU and you know UCF are just treated like regular P5 teams, because that's how it always works. You know, when a G5 school joins a P5, it takes a
1: couple years. It yeah. takes a
0: few years, but eventually it even. So like, no one like TCU used to be G5. You know, Utah used to be G five. We don't even think about that anymore, right? So just Absolutely. give it time. Absolutely.
1: Um, so the other one I wanted to bring up as this overarching point was UCLA versus Fresno State. Everybody remembers that was the name of the first the first week's picks or second week's picks. It was chips to the championship, and then they proceed to beat LSU by eleven points. Riding this point. high,
0: dude. We're Riding it. Holy cow! I'm
1: riding the hype. The reason I'm interested is again, Fresno State is one of those high-quality Group of Five teams. They only lost to Oregon by one touchdown, and they had every chance to win that. And Oregon turns out is
0: pretty good. (laughs) So that is. And Oregon, we've seen
1: that. Yeah, Oregon turned out to be pretty good. So, and they just had a bye week right after the LSU game. I could definitely see, especially a Chip Kelly team. They, (laughs) I could just see this happening. Them coming out flat. Oh, it's a nine forty-five. it's a pack 12 after dark oh game. that's gonna be fun to watch so i'm gonna yeah it's gonna be fun to watch it's that type of game you watch while you're literally laying in bed i know
0: you're like on the verge of sleeping but like <laughs> whether or not you fall asleep and depends on how good it is
1: <laughs> i love the pack 12 commentators because like i can tell it's like they know we're going to bed while we watch the game they <laughs> know, know we're in our covers with like a glass of water You know, they know it because it's like they try to get into the game, but they Mm -hmm. do it in such a weirdly calming way. Yeah. When they even when they yell, they yell calmly. I really like the Pac-12 network uh, commentators. They're they're pretty good. I like them.
0: Pac-12 After Dark, it's, it's like this fever dream. Like you're so tired after watching football, like for the previous 10 hours or whatever. And you're just like in this different mental state. It's hard to describe. But I feel like it's like a a fever dream. It feels like a a dream. dream. It's so comforting. I don't know how to describe it. (laughs) Yeah, that should be a good one. I'm looking forward to that now. Uh, Fresno, I mean, yeah, I mean, if they beat UCLA somehow, I mean, Fresno, I I wouldn't be that shocked now that you mention it because they played Oregon close, and Oregon is probably the favorite to win the Pac 12 at this point, wouldn't you say?
1: say? Uh, Yeah, definitely.
0: So, anyways, uh, how many more do you got here?
1: I have one more game and then I have two very hot takes. Well, one scalding take and one
0: <laughs> All right. take. All right. I call it a take. All right.
1: <laughs> my my honor I'll give it I'll, I'll just be called an honorable mention. It's Miami versus Michigan State. Uh I'll be interested to see if Miami can really pick it up versus Michigan State. A very improved Michigan State, might I add. Mel True. Tucker in his second year has he's got them looking competent. And that's all you can ask for, for for a Michigan State program. That's what they're used to. Mm -hmm. They handled their business versus Northwestern. Northwestern's usually pretty okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure, they also played Youngstown State, so who cares? (laughs) Um, So I'll be interested in how that looks. Miami, uh, Derek, Derek King, Mm -hmm. you know, he's got the experience. It's an honorable mention game. I'll be interested to look. I hope Miami doesn't fall apart. I hope Miami looks super good in this game and just beats... Beats the crap out of Michigan State. I want that quality win.
0: Is what I want saying. the quality
1: win. Well, it shows it shows a bigger picture of how did we match up? What quality of team were we matching up against? Sure. Usually we can tell a difference between I don't think we beat them so badly and so I mean we beat them pretty embarrassingly, mm-hmm. but it wasn't one of the it didn't come off as one of those wins that just destroys their will to even right. play for the rest of the season. Yeah. We have a tendency to do that and teams fall off and people assume the win was bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think we did that to Miami. We'll find I out. I think they, they probably feel like they still have a lot to play for, and we also didn't injure anybody. True. As far as I'm aware. Usually it's injuries. When we injure a starter or two, that's usually when a team gives up on the season.
0: Right. Uh, Shouts out to um, Michigan State. They they actually they won at Northwestern, which is actually pretty impressive given their grass field. Just going to put that out there. And also a shout out to, uh, to Mel Tucker, former Wisconsin Badger. I, uh, I root for them just because he uh, used to play for Wisconsin. Like,
1: yeah, I understand.
0: It's my fun fact for the day.
1: All right, I'm going to give my take now. My my take is I think West Virginia comfortably beats Virginia Tech.
0: Wow. Is that your scalding take?
1: That's not my scalding take. I was going to say, that's I, hot,
0: but it's not like scalding. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> it's
1: I just call it a take. I, I actually, now looking at this line, West Virginia is actually favored by two and a half. That well, apparently it's not that me. hot. <laughs> I guess... I, hey, I thought it was going to be... That's why I just called it the take, right? Sure. Um, okay, so the thing with West Virginia is they their only loss is a close loss, a six-point loss to Maryland. And that's a Maryland team that I just discussed that I think is going to be underrated, and they do start off the season hot.
0: They do. I
1: think West Virginia... West Virginia plays a little bit different than um, those Big 12 teams. They have a decent quarterback and Jarrett Doge. I really like his last name, Doge. by the way. Doge. <laughs> I really like his last name. He's he's played well. He's, uh, let's see, for the season, he's 38 of 62, four touchdowns, two interceptions, 61%, 536 yards. Two games in, that's fine. That's One of them was versus, uh, it was a throwaway game, so he got pulled early, I'm pretty sure. So I'll be interested in that. And the thing with Virginia Tech was, Yeah, they have the win versus North Carolina and Middle Tennessee State. North Carolina, that team, I said, first thing I said in the show was that I'm going to cover them later. Now I'm finally getting to them. Oh,
0: good, good, good.
1: (laughs) Okay, so with North Carolina, uh, their entire team is Sam Howell, and that's it. I remember watching the Virginia Tech versus North Carolina game just simply because that was the first game we were really able to watch. Yeah. And I just remember spending the whole game, like, Sam Howell would make a dime pinpoint pass, and it would be like a very short pass, and it would literally hit his receiver in the numbers and just bounce off of him. And this would happen multiple times every drive. There would be drives where he straight up couldn't get the ball out because there was a guy immediately in his face, and it would get tipped. He was doing everything he could. He was their leading rusher that game as well. (laughs)
0: Really? That's insane.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. And so... He was doing everything he possibly could. That 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 game is absolutely not his fault. North Carolina is legitimately probably a four-win team without him, three or four-win team without him. Wow. So, but the thing is, Virginia Tech couldn't really score on them. That's true. Until they, I don't think they scored their their last touchdown until the fourth quarter. Uh, <laughs> I did want to bring up the Middle Tennessee State game just as a little microcosm as to why I'm also not high on. Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. And you remember earlier how a lot of what I look at uh, is the context of a game. Of course. Uh at halftime they were only winning 13 to 6.
0: That's true. I'm looking at that now. Yeah.
1: They have trouble. They are having trouble in offense. Middle Tennessee State. Not only are they do they have a bad defense? They have a bad defense versus group of five teams. They con- last year they averaged it was like 40, 50 points against them. And Virginia Tech only had 13 at the half and only ended up with 35. Wow. They And they didn't do it comfortably. It's not like they put up 35 quickly then let their foot off the gas. No, right. they were having to draw up plays, draw up specific plays for specific situations late in the game. It wasn't like they just comfortably put them away then let their foot off the gas. And that, to me, was extremely telling. telling. <laughs> And if I was a Virginia Tech fan, I would be worried about that.
0: Virginia Tech, I like like I like them as a program overall. I think they're pretty they're they're like good, but like they're so hot and cold as a team. You know what I mean? Like some weeks to look great, some weeks to look just terrible, and it just kinda depends on what team shows up that week. And but I, I do I do just see what you're saying, and I could definitely see West Virginia run away with this one. Um With that
1: being said, I want to point out that this is a make or break this probably could this could be a make or break game for Justin Fuente.
0: Yeah. He's kind of been on the hot he's, seat like since he got there. It feels like, doesn't
1: it? He's so he went ten and four his first year, nine and four his second year. But then since then, he's been like six and seven, right. eight five, five six, five and six.
0: Like bad, um, but not bad enough. For, like maybe you were not firing quite yet, you know. Quite
1: yet, yeah. And this is his sixth year, so it this is this is his time. Oh if he doesn't God. get it done, he'll be on the hot seat at least if he loses this game
0: for sure. I just can't believe it's been six years already. Holy cow, time is accelerating. I know. <laughs> it's it like a long, yesterday, that's man. That's a relatively
1: long tenure. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's a relatively long tenure for a Power 5 coach. It means he's doing something.
0: Yeah, something.
1: He's at least winning the confidence of his athletic director. True. Now, I don't think you're ready for my scalding take. That's I know it. I always say you're not ready.
0: No, I think I am. Nothing can shock me at <laughs> this point. I'm ready for All it.
1: All right. Florida State over Wake Forest. <laughs> that's, that not, feels...
0: that's not hot! <laughs>
1: Oh come on! It is hot. No, they, just, they lost to the Jacksonville State. Randy, but it just no. it Didn't cover a Hail Mary.
0: Oh, you missed it today, dude. It looks so bad. I was <laughs> discussing in Maine how Florida State's going six and six this year, and how they're not actually that bad. So well, I I'm
1: glad there. we agreed on this. <laughs> I feel maybe like we're, we're actually just maybe, just maybe we're anymore. both scalding
0: hot. We just don't realize it. Maybe that's the case. But give me your points, uh, Randy. Tell me why. Tell me why you believe this, and then okay. I'll tell you why I believe that.
1: Okay, Wake Forest is another one of those quote-unquote untested teams. Mm -hmm. Um, I will give them the benefit that they've looked... They've been one of the teams that's been able to just consistently score versus their quote-unquote throwaway games. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they had to really do a lot late in those games. They were able to look comfortable in those games, but again, it's still... As much as they looked comfortable, it's like they played evenly throughout the whole game and got those scores. It's not like they were able to get those scores quickly, then let their foot off the gas. Sure. So that that is, to me, a a little bit different just in showing what your team is capable of doing. Um, To me, with Florida State, they they look like an athletic team that can make plays that beats themselves.
0: Yep. 100%. And
1: so... I have I have faith in teams like that. If anybody's gonna be able to pull it together, it's teams that can make athletic plays. Mm-hmm. It's I feel like it's easier to mitigate mistakes than it is to get a team to make plays that isn't able to make plays. Right.
0: Here's the thing. They can
1: make plays, they just can't shift themselves in the foot.
0: Here's the thing, dude. Like people have somewhat looked at like <clears throat> everything that's happened this year between like Florida State and like Notre Dame. And whatnot, and like the consensus is, oh well, Notre Dame is actually terrible. Florida State's really, really bad, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the thing, okay? I still think Notre Dame's really good, and I think Florida State playing Notre Dame close was good. It was good, you know, a good indication of what they can do if they, you know, if they get meshing, if everything's uh, going properly. And the thing is, man, the Florida State Jacksonville State game, like 99 times out of hundred, okay given what happened in that game up until, like, the very, very ending, Florida State wins that, man. Like, I'm looking at the ESPN win probability right now. Like, Florida State was hovering, like, in the high 90s most of the game. Um, they were up 17-7 to with, like, like seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Five
1: like, minutes. Five minutes left. Like,
0: it wasn't a great – it wouldn't be a great win. It'd be kind of embarrassing. But, like, the odds of Jacksonville State doing what they did, especially on that last play, like, it's it's just – it's a freak accident. It's not going to happen again. You know what I mean? Like, Florida State, they've been woken up now. They were overconfident after the Notre Dame, or after the Notre Dame game, and now they, they've been kicked in the butt, and they're going to be wide awake heading into Wake Forest. That's how I look at this. You know?
1: I would certainly hope so. They have a, a uh, first-year head coach, I'm pretty sure. his. Uh, that's right. They have Mike Norville. they Mike got Kerrville. the guy from Memphis. Yeah, yeah and so, so I think a first-year head coach – even though they lost to an FCS team, I think it's a little easier for a first-year head coach to rally the troops. I agree. I mean, I think it's going to be easy for him to sell to the team, hey, look at these athletic plays you made. Mm -hmm. You know you can do it. This loss is embarrassing. But we can still make some noise in the conference, and we still have a chance to at least win the conference.
0: I completely agree, dude. There's
1: going to be – you have to understand, with me being a new coach to this team – there's going to be growing pains, and this is part of the process, as unfortunate as it is. And as much as I wish it didn't, w- wish as much as I wished it was different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With that being said, them straight up not covering a Hail Mary is the most embarrassing. It was I've ever sad. Seen.
0: Did you see that live? Were you there to watch it live? I didn't see it
1: live. I don't think I was able to watch Dude, it live.
0: I saw it live, and just it was the funniest thing. Like Discord was just blowing up. It was like.
1: Like are they serious? Oh, oh,
0: bad. It was one of the funniest moments of the entire what season. are they for sure?
1: I'm looking at I'm so I'm looking at a replay of the play. Yeah. They rushed seven they rushed, I think, six people and yeah. then had yeah. two linebackers playing spy? Or something like it. looking out for a slant.
0: I think Norvell said after the fact that like oh there were six seconds left, they were looking out for like a quick, you know, 10, 15 yard play to set up field goal range. It's you like, can't do that. Get, can't give
1: do them that. the ten to fifteen. Give them the ten to fifteen yard play.
0: Yeah, don't give them. Let, the beat America. them in overtime. You're
1: gonna beat them in overtime. Yeah, man, uh, that's that's a that's a rookie coaching mistake. But that's the thing. Like
0: that. that's a coaching mistake. Like that's something like that's a dumb choice. But just don't make that dumb choice next week, and you'll probably win exactly. It. That's how I look at it. Exactly. Like that's that's so much easier to fix than like your whole team being unathletic and incompetent. You know what I mean? Like. Exactly. Florida State's way too talented to not like win games, man. Like they're going to win games this year. They 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 can't be bad forever. So I'm high on Florida State to go a, a rousing six and six this year. I think they make a bowl game. That's being
1: high on Florida State, but that does show how far they fall. in. they I mean, have absolutely. State, they're,
0: not, they're not in a good position. Six and six. But they're still talented. They still have a very high talent composite. And uh, given their schedule, I just I think. I think they find a way, man. I think they, they start that comeback tour uh, this Saturday against Drake Forest.
1: Yep, I, <laughs> I can't believe
0: we both have the same opinion on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: funny. I thought it was going to be scalding. Uh, all right, do we, apparently we it is.
0: Else? I think do that covers anything? it, Randy. Um, I will say one kind of closing thought here. Um, this is the uh, first weekend I get to watch all the games at home. With uh, Wisconsin having a bye week, yeah. so I'm looking forward to that. I feel like I'm able to actually like tune into every single game and kind of give it my full attention. Um, so that should be fun.
1: Okay, yeah, it'll be fun since we're playing at Florida, which also scares me a little bit—not that much, but uh.
0: I like I like away games. That might be a hot take. I, I love going to the games, but as a season ticket holder, like there are stretches, you know, where like you're playing like three or four weeks in a row, and then it's like every single Saturday, you're getting up early to go to the game, and it's like a you know. Eight-hour excursion by the time you're home.
1: It's certainly an event. It is, but it's an enjoyable event. It so.
0: is. I gotta say, the nice. You can sit on
1: your couch and you get to watch everything.
0: I'm gonna sit on my couch, eat pizza, watch some football. The hut. The hut. I'm thinking about yeah, it. But... <laughs> Should we get sponsored by Pizza Hut? <laughs> the gym Podcast, brought to you the Hut. Do,
1: do we just? Re- how do we do that? Do we just reach out to people?
0: We'll look Maybe. into it. If any listeners have any ideas on how to get sponsored. um let us know because i think you can Pisa, and
1: Rey, shadow legends and man yeah i mean cool.
0: whatever it takes man i think it would be cool to get sponsored
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: all right randy this is fun talking to you again as always it's been fun it's been fun thank you everybody for listening we really appreciate it we love the support so far guys that you've been showing us we're happy to do this so yeah thank you all thank you all and to all good night good night